Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, April 4, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, when we look at the daily chart, it's quite simple. Right in front of us is a breakdown candle high. Is the market running a test of the breakdown candle high, or are they going to continue higher after a pullback into late last week? That's the main theme of what's going on. It's either one or the other. We're going to peel back the curtain a little bit. We'll take a deeper assessment of the daily chart. We'll assess other charts, meaning longer term and also intraday, so shorter term charts. It'll give us a beat on the short, intermediate, and long-term picture of the S&P 500. We're going to take a look at some other stuff around the horn today, some stuff we don't normally look at in the spirit of mixing things up a little bit. So when we go back to the daily chart, here's our breakdown candle high. It comes in at 458.76. So are they running a test in the neighborhood slash vicinity of that high maybe they spike a little bit higher tomorrow but if they start closing daily above that high then nothing says the market can't challenge the high from the 29th of march and also push higher we don't know yet it's one step at a time this is a daily chart it was a monday and you know what that means we have the potential for a turnaround tuesday so here's what we have to watch i would get out a sticky note for this one There's two numbers up above that are extremely important. 458.76 is the breakdown candle high. Above that, we have a big fat round number of 460. Those two numbers, or both those numbers, can be a magnetic force and draw the market in. They don't have to hit both, but both those numbers have the same characteristics. They're magnetic. They're also overhead resistance. So here's what we're looking at. Let's say they're pushing the market up on Tuesday. You have to watch out for a push up early into those areas. 458.76, 460, maybe in between. You have to watch for some kind of a failure there, a la turnaround Tuesday. Now, a failure doesn't mean a market collapse. It's just a failure at very important resistance slash magnetic prices. That's the way the market works the large majority of the time when you use the 80-20 rule. Here's the weekly chart. What are we looking at from last week's perspective? Pretty simple. The market ran a test, once again, of the breakdown candle high, 459.96. The high last week was 462.07. They closed below the breakdown candle high, But here they come again. So again, fast forward to the end of the week. By Friday, we're going to be interested in whether or not the market's closing above that breakdown candle high and last week's high, which will be in full-on bull mode. Is the weekly chart bearish at all? No, it's not. There's nothing wrong with the weekly chart from a technical perspective. They're above all the moving averages. They closed the week last week above all the moving averages. Technically, there's nothing wrong with the weekly chart. It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the second story window. How about a 240 chart? Do we see anything different? Well, not really, but we see something similar but different going on. We have a breakdown candle that 
only is represented on the 240 chart, not the daily chart. The high is 457.48. What was the high today? 456.83. So they didn't quite get to the high, but they made an attempt to get to the breakdown candle high. These spots are magnetic. They draw price in. Need I remind us that 458, for different reasons, is also important. So we know that there's a lot of overhead resistance up here, and we also know something else. If the market has enough strength to push itself up to and over 458 and some of those other numbers for different reasons, that's a very strong market in a bullish formation. If they're just running a test of 458 and a couple of the other numbers and get rejected, that's a different tape altogether. We'll know more on Tuesday. Inside the number members, we'll have a beat on the inside information Tuesday morning beginning at zero dark 30. Here's an hourly chart. More evidence that 458 in and of itself is important. So the market gapped up to 458, ran a test or gapped over, ran a test, stayed above for a while, started to trend under 458, closing candles below, and finally broke down. From We know from a longer-term perspective, we also know from a shorter-term perspective that 458 is important. The market is showing us 458 on a regular basis in a variety of different ways. That's my take on 458. But now that we have a couple of other numbers up there, we're going to call it a zone between 458 and 460. Let's take a look inside the numbers. So we know it was a rather quiet day. It was a trending upward kind of day, but that doesn't mean we didn't have a beat on the numbers, and therefore there was opportunity on the board. We'll take a look at the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Happy Monday. Quiet overnight and green by this morning at zero dark 30. They're already in float mode. It was one of those, the writing is on the wall. The numbers are coming up pretty clear this morning. 453.35 is important for the bulls to open the session or at least get above and stick. Okay, 453.35. Here's our starting point for the visual for the day. SPY chart, it's a five-minuter. Vertical line running across the screen is today's activity. 453.35 is identified on the screen. So we open up the day below. They take a little dip slash minor little shakeout operation, immediately turn around, run a test of 435, get rejected a little bit for a few minutes, then they get above, they run some kind of a pseudo retest over here at 1020, making a low of 453.46, and the rest is history. So we know the number at zero dark 30, now let's see how the commentary unfolds. Above 450. 335 is 455.50, which is the next important and magnetic number. Again, with the visual, you can see how they grinded their way up there. Once they got there, they kind of stopped off for a cup of coffee, pulled back a little bit, ran another test, had a little bit of a shakeout operation, and then did what they normally do on one of those light volume floater type markets where they just have a little bit of a jam session into the end of the day, closing at the highs of the day, like we've never seen that before. 
If the Bulls can muster a rally beyond that, they would find their way up to 458. They didn't quite get there. They almost got to 457, but they got to the primary target, which will become more clear as we run through the notes. We had the bear case, which we didn't really need, but as a just-in-caser, you come to the game pre-prepared for both sides of the market. You come in uniform, ready to go. Let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. Here we go. 9.28, before the opening bell. Remember, 455.50 would be an eventual target on a spike higher. Now, how about this one? 452.87 down to 452.25 is possible on a quick dip, which would be the first area of support, 452.25. Back to the visual, the lower line is now at 452.25. Low of day, 452.26. That gets a funny how that works. So we're moving along. 453.35 is important. They'll likely run a test. They did that. We already saw that. Getting above simply opens the door for the bulls to work toward 454 and beyond. One step at a time. Here's the other side, just in case they run a further shakeout operation 452, 451, all that stuff. We didn't need that. By 936, not a bad bounce off 452 and a quarter, which was the bottom end of the zone. 452.26 low. There's your funny how that works, but it's more than that. That's kind of a joke, haha, but here's the deal. We know that's an important spot because the market just confirmed it. So if I think a spot's important, I'm watching to see the price action around that number. If it's nothing and it doesn't do anything or the price just blows right through it, well, I discard it for the time being. It's not that important. But if price comes up a penny short and immediately bounces away, guess what? I have my answer. That's why I was watching that number. So now we know below that number opens the door for something else. They didn't get below that number, so we didn't need the something else. And here it is, 942, if she runs. 454 to 454.25 is overhead resistance. Remember, that's not the target, but that's overhead resistance or a way station on the way to the target. What was the target? 455.50, give or take. And here it is. Closing candles above 453.35, they become targets. That's an opportunity. There's your way station at 454 and a quarter. That's the middle line. They spike up above it, and then they have a little bit of a shakeout operation to run a test of what? 453.35. I look at it somewhat like a gap. They came up short. They immediately bounced away. That told me that was important, and the way I look at it is the bulls really wouldn't let price even get to that number. You can look at it the other way, too. The bears didn't have enough juice to get to the number. Either way you want to look at it, that's what happened. We're moving along. Here's your resistance. They went up there, then they pulled back a little bit. You saw everything that happened. They did everything that was laid out here. The bottom line, from a big picture perspective, as long as they were above 453.35, they were going to get to 455.50. That's it. So that's what happened. So what I'm going to do is scroll up, let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. There's important information in here. There are numbers. 
There are the way the market works in here. There's all kinds of stuff in here that you can learn from each and every day. Light volume, floater afternoon, they're eating time off the clock right under 455.50. So what does that tell you? It tells you eventually later in the day, they're going to run higher unless they fall apart and get below a certain thing. They didn't do that. Stocks on the move. We had a limited list this morning. The market was a floater from the get-go. We had Baxter and Starbucks. We'll take a look at those charts and a couple of others. Here's the five-minute chart of Baxter getting a haircut at the open. 75.90 was the number. They came in, but they bounced around a little bit, so it becomes a trader's choice type of thing. You can see it worked anyway, and then they hovered around the number, selling off into the end of the day, but they certainly gave you the minimum required base hit, or at least within a stone's throw of it. The takeaway is the number's important, they just didn't give you a rocket ride, and they kind of bounced around around the opening bell. So I know Jordan took a pass on this one in the live room, and rightfully so. If you're not comfortable with the trade and you want to follow a very stringent and specific set of rules, this one really becomes one of those no-trade type of scenarios. And that's really the reason. Here's a one-minute chart. You can see they opened up close to the number. They had a little bit of a rally away from it, giving you the minimum required base hit for the most part, going up to about 77, and then they came back down, and that's what scared most traders who didn't take this trade away from the trade. In the end, it's a good practice not to take that trade. Starbucks, similar routine. They come up short around the opening bell. They bounce around, bounce away a little bit. Then they come into the number. Then they go higher again. So the number was important. It was a matter of the way in which they did it. We don't love or like the way in which they did it. So, so be it. Thought we would take a look at a couple of other stocks that are the widest held stocks just to get a sense for they confirming what's going on in the broader index or are there some kind of divergences out there? So we look at Apple. Is there anything wrong with Apple? Does it look different than the S&P? No, it looks the same. It's in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with Apple. Look at the convergence of moving averages underneath price. That's a bullish kind of thing. Doesn't mean price can't come down a few bucks, have a down day or two, but this is in an uptrend and there's technically nothing wrong with Apple. Facebook's having a nice bounce off its lows. Once it gets above, if it can get above, this high here, which comes in at 248, it gets into no man's land. It's not going to be easy for Facebook to get to or at least through that price. Facebook is not in the same position as the S&P or Apple for that matter. Here's a weekly chart of Facebook. It's in a downtrend. So when you see this, you say, is Facebook going to lead the market back down or does Facebook have an individual issue on this chart and within that company, and that's the answer. The answer is, each chart is independent of one another, and the money flow tells the tale. Money has been flowing out of Facebook, while other stocks were having a similar pullback to the broader market, Facebook got, and what we say in the technical parlance is, clobbered. Follow the money. Microsoft looks more like the market, got above its weekly 20-period moving average, goes back into an uptrend formation if it can stay there by the close of this week and beyond. But technically speaking, it's still in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with Microsoft. Daily chart fighting to capture and recapture the last of its moving averages on the daily chart. 
did so today, tried to do it last week. The 100 period moving average up to around 320 is overhead resistance. So what Microsoft is actually doing at present is it's building energy so that 320 isn't really the resistance that it once was. What's 320? How about a breakdown candle high? Guess what? Funny how that works. So if they eat time off the clock underneath 320, it will systematically decrease the importance of 320. It's still a breakdown candle high, but the more time they eat off the clock, the more prone they are to bust through. Think of it like this. Over here, they had an opportunity to run a test of that breakdown candle high. Instead, they got stymied by the 100 period moving average. So if they're stymied for a while, they build up enough energy to reset the tape, recock the weapon, that whole scenario. About Google, same as everything else except Facebook in an uptrend above all the moving averages, technically nothing wrong with this chart. Just recaptured a breakdown candle high, which is interesting. The next hurdle would be this high from the 29th of March. The target on Google is about 29.60. Put that on a sticky note. Now we move over into Camp IWM. What's going on over here? So I thought this was a little bit interesting today. The IWM really couldn't get going. It's a divergence. So we know about divergences. They don't always work themselves out right away, but they do work themselves out. Either the IWM is going to catch up to the rest of the market that was up today, or it was a one-day wonder. We'll see a turnaround Tuesday, and the IWM and the transports, which we'll get to in a moment, were the tell on Monday because they really couldn't get off the mat and follow suit in the upward direction. Now, when you pull back the curtain a little bit, the IWM is in the middle of a place. What's the place or two places in between these moving averages? So you have the 20 and the 50 below price. You have the 100 above price. You have a breakdown candle high. So it's either going to break down and run a test of these moving averages or it's going to break up and try and get through in the northern direction this breakdown candle high that comes in at 211.74. We're in the middle of things, so you need the IWM to at least show you what's on the docket. What it was saying today was, eh, I'm not so ready to go in the northern direction just yet. What's going on on the weekly chart? So this could tell us something sometimes that the daily chart doesn't tell us. So here we're below two out of the four moving averages that I like to watch. The 20 and the 50 are the shorter ones. The 100 and the 200 are the longer ones. So you can see what's going on here. They ran a test of this breakdown candle high. We talked about that long before it happened. And now, after this kind of reversal candle up, they're eating some time off the clock to do what? To possibly make another run at and break through the breakdown candle high. And if they do that, they're going to be into the 50-period moving average eventually, and it's going to change the complexion or complexity of the weekly chart in the IWM. So it's very important what they're doing here. If they're eating time off the clock to run higher, They can go back and forth for a few more weeks, not really go anywhere, spin its wheels in the sand, and then make a move higher in the process, come down a little bit, run some tests, make it look like everything's bad again for a day, two, or three, or four. That's the way the market works. But when you peer back a little bit and look at the weekly chart, what do you see? You see them run into the 20-week moving average, running sideways for the most part after this breakup candle, and that's it right now. 
Let's take even a longer view of the IWM. What's going on on the monthly chart? So we have a big breakdown candle. This was in the month of February or January. This is right after the market topped or the IWM topped in November. So it comes down for three or four months, finds a low, and begins to put in some kind of a bearish, wedgish, flaggish pattern. Now this is a monthly chart. So this could take a while, but understand what could be happening. So this could continue to do this in a wedge formation for another two or three months. In the process, run a test in the vicinity of the breakdown candle high. When it gets back up there, we'll say, hey, there's nothing wrong with the monthly chart. They're just going sideways above all the moving averages. And in the process, they're running a test of an important place and potentially putting in another wedge pattern for another fall later on. So you have to understand in between, while these monthly charts take a long time to play out, you have to understand what's going on day to day, week to week, get rid of the noise, the media, the talking heads. It's all a bunch of malarkey. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? So on Friday, they had a pretty severe collapse. In the trading parlance, what we call this is either a walloping or a bludgeoning. They never got to that gap at 16825 and they had a pretty big collapse on Friday. But here's the interesting thing. Yes, they filled the gap, but they closed below it on Friday, and they closed below it today. That's a negative thing going on. 15,250, give or take, is a number I think that the transports really have to reach slash satisfy, but that may create another scenario for a higher low. Let's say they do that. So here's about that number, give or take. So here you have a low, a higher low, a higher low. Here's an important number. They run a test. If they create a higher low down here, it may be setting up for another rally higher. How does that get taken off the table? By getting below and really closing below 15,000 would really wipe it off the table. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? So here we are right into these moving averages once again. It's a convergence of moving averages. This is a bullish situation if they can get above that high from the 29th of last month. If they can't and there's a rejection in the near future, they're going to come down to 362 again. Above the high from the 29th, the door opens slash target becomes 377, 75, 378. And really above that, they'll get sucked right up to 380. 380 is a big spot. You might want to put that one on a sticky note. How about the financials? The XLF. Just like that, they're below all the moving averages on the daily chart. They're into this window of opportunity. What's the opportunity? They're either going to find support here and rally back up or get below this window, fill the gap, and have a whole new assessment of the XLF going on. Remember what we say about the financials. It's very, very important. Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to be doing very much. So here we are on the weekly chart. So guess what? Until and unless they get above those moving averages, the 20 and the 50 week moving averages, there's no dice. But look what they're doing. There's a breakup candle. The low is at 36.69. Are they going to run a test from a weekly chart perspective? 
of that price, around that price, maybe slightly below that price, hold that price, and then try and rally once again back up above those moving averages. That's our line in the sand from a weekly chart perspective. 36.69. Closing a week below 36.69, you can pretty much write in this on a sticky note that the rest of the market will be unfolding and slash unraveling if the XLF is down closing below that breakup candle low. Put that on a sticky note. What about Smash Mouth? I think we talked about this 262 area that if it didn't hold, there was going to be more trouble for the SMH. It did hold. And this one looks more like the IWM and financials than it does some of the other markets. The monthly chart ran a test of the 20-month moving average and bounced off. That's what we can say. That's garden variety market behavior. Monthly chart is in an uptrend. Nothing wrong. Trend is up. But you have to notice you had a big reversal candle on the monthly chart. So A, they could climb the reversal candle. It's a breakdown candle. B, they may just go sideways for a few months and break down again. Right now, they're just going sideways for a few months. We don't know the result just yet. They're still in an uptrend. Weekly chart. We have a reversal candle short of the 100-week moving average. That's important stuff. Start coming down again. That 100-week moving average is not going to be the same type of support that it once was. But here, we can use this candle as a benchmark. Below this low, there's big trouble for the SMH. But this was a reversal candle a few weeks ago. Are they just going to run sideways and then have another push higher above the 20-week moving average, which pulls the weekly chart back in an uptrend? That's what I'm watching from a longer-term perspective on the SMH. Daily chart, 272 is the number. They start getting above 272. 275 becomes the next target and more. Put that stuff on a sticky note. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.